This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Good out of With me and all the gang, learning from each other. Hey, Bash. <laughs> Terrence Badgett, what you know about that good times, man? What you know oh, about boy. that flat hour, man? Man, that's awesome. <laughs> right, we, we've been playing a little bit, man. For for you guys don't know, me and Badge, we probably bring it back and, and, and get a show back. Hopefully, I can I can – Muscle Badge, you yeah. got people on the text line that ask you yeah. where you guys at yeah. and when Badge yeah. coming back and all this stuff. So, Badge, when are you coming back? Me coming back to radio. Uh, I'll say soon. Okay. I'll say soon. I mean, you got so much. You, you got such a wealth of knowledge, such uh, a command of, of basketball and all that good stuff. Um, quick question. So, going into your – it would have been Pikeowski was what two years older than you. Yes. Okay. So, how good was Pike? Pike was awesome, man. <laughs> Pike was awesome. Pike had a um, Pike was weird in a, in an awesome way, and he just was a raw talent. Pike was one of those cats that uh, Daddy Knee would cuss out on a daily basis, but he had the green light. <laughs> Cuss him out. <laughs> you still got the green light though, sir. Just don't yes, take it for yes, what it's worth. Yes. Ike would be one of those people to be on the sidelines talking to, like, the ball boys or whatever, and everybody else over in the huddle. And then Danny D would look over there. You see this? This is your damn captain. Eric, get over here. What what, what I do? What I do? What you mean, what you do? We over here talking. You know what, Eric? Go back over there and have a conversation with your friend. He's just being sarcastic, but Eric starts walking over there. And he says, everybody on the line. Eric, you can stay over there and talk. So we run it because – Eric don't have no comments. <laughs> it was just, uh, it, but then he'll go lights out in a game, man. He he just, you know, just play his butt off, man. Was tenacious with everything, man. Consistent, just shoot that thing, man. He was just, he just, he he just was a, he just was, he just knew the basketball. The basketball came to him, and uh, he had no fear. He had no fear. Look, look for the big moments. And, you know, he, he still holds a record for the Clippers. You know that, right? Nine years. Longest ever with the Clippers. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. The longest the longest player to ever play with the Clippers. Yeah. Tenor, the longest center with the Clippers. But um, I'll tell you, one of the, we won the Big A tournament. Um, and Pike lit it up, man. It, it was just like, it was so rewarding, emotional, like, it was just like coming out party for Pike. It was just like, man. I mean, when he stopped and pulled up from the hash mark and shot it, it was like, oh. I mean, it was just awesome. You just, 
you know, and it it was his senior year, Jamar's senior year, Bruce Tubbett, and they were so awesome as teammates and Tom Best, and they were just great leaders. They were just great people. That's one thing about my whole Nebraska experience. I've All the teammates I've had were just great people, you know, people that you were lifers. I mean, you wonder about them, you talk about them, and it's so crazy when I was doing a radio show and I'll call them up, and they were so eager to say yes. They were so eager. You know, Carl Hayes, my big brother, uh, Tony Farmer, big brother. You know, they would just went on uh, Bo Reed. You know, all of them was just like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'll go on the show. Hey, yeah, yeah. Are, are you kidding me to tell me that Gary Bargan was an assistant coach then? Basketball? Gary Bargan and Jeff Smith. I did not know that. And Jimmy Gary Williams. Bar- yeah, Gary Bargan was awesome. Gary Bargan was the. Uh, the the scenes behind the scenes. He they was the blueprint of us gelling together. Gary Bargain, let's just say my redshirt year when I didn't play, I was the scout team, right? So I was every every team's best player. So the best time was when I got to be Anthony Peeler from Missouri, and he said, "Terrence, just get it out the hoop. You know, just take it out. When they score, just grab it and go." And they could not stop me. That's when I they came out like, oh, man, he's going to be good. Because Gary Bargain put that ball in my hand and said, let's go, go, go. And I was representing Anthony Peeler almost per verbatim. <laughs> it was just like, holy cow, you know, this dude can play. So then um, I remember uh, I remember this. I was going for architecture. I was just trying to, you know, because I loved AutoCAD when we was at South High. So it was too hard. I should have got out of it before, but I missed a couple practices, right? Danny Me called me in. He said, Terrence, I know you're registering, and what's going on? I said, well, I, I missed practice. I was in the lab. So tell me this, man. If you didn't have a scholarship, would you be able to be in the lab? Uh, no. Okay, I see you at practice. Your focus is basketball, not academics. I was like, what? But Think about it. Mm-hmm. He was right. He was right. <laughs> Could I be there without a scholarship? <laughs> so basically, in a nutshell, like change your scholarship because I need you here in the gym. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need you to be working on your stuff. I need you practicing. I need you to be getting better. I never forget that conversation. I never would. <laughs> and that was the real. That was a real Danny Me. That was a real. He wasn't sugarcoating it or nothing. You know what I'm saying? So. But Pike Kelsey was awesome, and you know what I'm saying? And, uh, I still love to see him, you know, um, all those guys. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Tubbick, I can't say enough of him. You know, he represented our Colorado, and he's doing great with the kids there. They've won state several times. Um, Jamar Johnson, I still talk to. He's another one who was a big brother. He's in Arizona. You know, all of them was just honest. I mean, all of them was just awesome. They were just awesome teammates, awesome family. Uh, we had a ball. When everything was tough, we gelled together and we got through it. And you know, and to this day, I could call. Uh, I haven't talked to Chris Cresswell. He's one of the one one of the guys who lives in California. He was the older guy with Pike House getting them too. And uh, they was just JF J. Hoffman. He's one of the guys too. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but they were just great people, man. What about Tom Best? Tom Best. He lives in Chicago, kid. Tom. Tom had a lot of back injuries when uh, he played for Nebraska, but he was one of the people that, you know, I would talk to before winning the game. And he would tell me, you know, you're quicker than any four man. You're quicker than any post player. 
don't be scared, go against them. He was, they was just like that. We, we were literally family. There was no, there were no separation. We were all team. Any from like when we were seniors, the Andy Markowskis, uh, the Chad Adias, you know, Tom Wall, Jason Glock, those guys. I remember T. Lou, Vincent Hamilton, and Mikey Moore. Now, understand, I played with some great players. You had Mikey Moore and Vincent Hamilton on the court at the same time. You had Oak Hill in South Carolina. You had these cats. Mikey Moore and Vincent Hamilton were banging in practice every day. They were awesome. There's no reason why Vincent Hamilton should have been in the NBA because he was man, he was he was he was a great player. But when we had a losing year in Bernard Gardner, we had a losing year that year. Teron Lou was the reason why because Coach Lee said, "Well, we can go to the NIT or we can have our you guys go on spring break and be done with your year." Teron Lou jumped up and said, "Man, no, man, I want to do it." That's when I knew the coaching in Teron Lee Lou. That's what I remember. He jumped and said, no, man, I want to do it for you guys. Man, we can do this, man. Let's do this, man. I love y'all, man. He got really emotional. I love y'all. Let's do it, man. We can do this. And it just, a, a green light just clicked on, man. And we went up to Colorado State, beat Colorado State, came home, beat Washington State, went to Fresno, beat Fresno, beat Tulane down in New York, and then we beat St. Joe and won the NIT to go out as a winner. You know how that feels. You was know, that 94? Was that 94? 95, 96? 96, yeah. Yeah, 95, yep. 96. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at that team like, you know, and, and looking at some of the players, Chester Searles, Chris yep. Alley, Teron Lou, Tom Wall, Bernard Garner, Eric Strickland, Jerron Boone, Jason Glock, Chad Idias, Mikey yep. Moore, uh-huh. Vincent Hamilton, Terrence Badger, Andy Markowski, Whose daughter's going nuts, and then Leaf Nelson. Yes, Leaf Nelson. So let me tell you about a couple of them. So Chris Lee never played basketball. Mm. He was a goalie. He played soccer. He came to Nebraska fresh off of being a goalie. Six ten, six eleven. It was also pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good center. Uh, Leaf Nelson was three hundred. 12 pounds, wow. 6'10", 6'11", all A's, <laughs> biggest sweetheart, kindest dude, but biggest dude. Mr. Brute, wonderful. Just, just wonderful people. Chester Searles came from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, Flint. Um, yeah. And oh, Mark Macon. Remember Mark Macon mm-hmm. from, uh, yeah, from Temple? That was his, that was his coach. That's, what, that's who coached him. Came from a highly productive, you know what I'm saying? So you had all these people, Chad Adias of Nebraska, Andy Markowski, Nebraska. It was funny because I went with Andy Markowski to his hometown, Ward, Nebraska, to run a basketball camp. And I drew him up. Now I had a little car with some little rims on it, Rashad. I drove in town. So you go through Grand Island, all the back road, two lanes anyway. Drove in town, pulled past the Hardys and drove in. It was like an EFL commercial. It was like, what? There's a black dude in this town. What the heck? <laughs> and I drove through the school, and everybody started following me. It was like a scary movie. And I got out, and Mr. Markowski said, hey, Terrence. And then Andy said, hey, Terrence. And everybody was like, hey, hey. <laughs> I had no idea. If it wasn't for them to, to accept me, I don't know where I'll be. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so that was one of the funnest things. And I'll say this on there. I hung out with them and I drunk Bushlight. Now, I'm not a beer drinker. I passed out. So I woke up to a sign over me, Rashawn, that said, Terrence can't hang with the white boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I knew my lane. Just of, get out the it lane. I'm full of their friends, and I pass out on the couch with a side to my Terrence can't hang with the white boys. It was Damn. hilarious. It was hilarious. So, so but, how is that, you know, when you talk about winning the uh, – how are you able to win the Big 8 freshman, you know, to make that Big 8 freshman team? The way we made the Big A freshman team, we were, you know, we were so intricate in as far as like um, the reason why we were successful. As you remember, too, we went to the NCA that year. That was one of the things that they needed to do a lot of get to the NCA. But that year we got to the NCA. So, with that being said, we was a second team. So we was just we were the uh, you know the kind of like the not kind of like the scout team. And and the crazy thing about that, though, Sean, we will beat down the first team all the time. Strictly will tell you, we will. We will it was me, Woolridge, Jerron, and Strick, and then Amos. You remember Amos Gregory? Yeah, yeah. From from, from Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Big Amos. We'll beat up on Derek Chandler, Jamar, uh, uh, Pike, Bruce. We'll beat up on them constantly. We'll beat we'll beat up on. We were second string, and at different. Danny uses different times of the game for spurts and things like that. And we just created a name. I think more so, too, it came from uh, the ranking that those players had, too, as well. Um, they were highly ranked, you know what I'm saying, too. And then we all averaged a pretty nice, nice, not too bad, off, but we were intricate parts of us being successful in different times. So, and then everybody knew about us. You know, got to watch out for scouting reports. Got to watch out for tears running the lanes. Got to watch out for Strickland, solid defender, could pull it up. Got to watch out for Jerron Boone, excellent three-point shooter. Got to watch out for Woolridge, can get to the hole. You know, so the scouting reports was there. You know what I'm saying? So that was the point of us making all freshman teams. And and then your senior year making the, the Big 8 all-bench team. That was an honor. That was wonderful. I had um, – my grandpa had passed away that year. Um, as a college kid, get out of a relationship. The back was the, the my back was against the wall, and I just basketball was my outlet. So, with that being said, I just just wanted to change. I wanted to be better in everything I want that I did, and then um, um, opportunities to was would give me the ball no matter what on the fast break and in pivotal points where I knew that I was I was I was great and, and it was contributed to him and Tom Wall and and my teammates that I was able to get that too and then that was a, that was a that was an awesome feeling to be an all bench team you but, know but, be a six but, and off the bench so but, but talk about that that part because it was just like McMorris Isaiah McMorris from Miller North. Um, My senior year, I did the exact same thing coming off the bench. Even though you might have been better than the number five guy, how important is having a guy to come in off the bench to to give you spark? Do you know that I started every game from my my freshman year all the way to my junior year? I did not. No. And then I, I went to Coach Knee 
and told him that I wanted to learn to play the three. And and he said, okay, well, you want you got to get time at the behind Strickland and Jerron. And I said, okay. So that's where me coming off the bench was. Uh, but why did why did you want to do that man. though? Because I had an ambition to go in the NBA. I knew I wouldn't be no four at six six. There was oh, no gotcha. way. I know I had to learn how to be a guard, you know, which I had dribbling skills and stuff, but there was so much, there was a lot of fundamentals that I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to put myself in a position to be ready for a higher opportunity. Hmm. So coming off the bench, I didn't have no problem with it. And actually, it was great because you got the opportunity. Like I said, I made all bench teams. I got to see what was going on. You and I both know. You got to see what was going on in areas we needed to fix or do right, you know what I'm saying? So when it's time to go in, oh, you know, you are already going to be a part of them changing or coming back or because you know what you got to do. If it's set solid picks, if it's uh, go get the ball, if it's, you know, go get more rebounds or, you know, sacrifice yourself, you know, little stuff, the details that people don't talk about, that was one of the opportunities coming off the bench. And then I took pride in it because, you know, at the same time we was, we was hitting on all cylinders. We were thirteen and zero until uh, we met Texas, and then we lost nine our senior year. We were ranked top thirteen, I think, was the highest we got to, and then we mm-hmm. lost to Texas. We dropped out of that bad boy quickly. We had won uh, Maui. We had won, uh, I think, not Big Island, and then we had won a tournament in Minnesota. We were on our way. Yeah, we were on our way, and then uh, we just hit us. We hit Texas, who was they beat us like. 100 to 30, 100 to 70, I mean, something like that crazy. And we dropped out of the top 25. We didn't even go like the 20 or something. We dropped all the way out of the top 25. Oh, they said and one hit wonders. Get him out of there. Yeah, basically. We was 13-0 and went to 13-1 and and then lost nine in a row, bro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> talking to yeah. Terrence Badgett, uh, the Husker great uh, basketball player. Um, hopefully we can definitely get him back in there talking to those guys. We're on the ticket on 93.7. When we get back, John asked you, Badge, when we get back from the Solder Hammond text line, he said, why was Nebraska a good fit for you? So when we get back off the break, answer that question, Badge, why was Nebraska a good fit for you just besides all the other teams that you could have went for, went to? Be right back. It's the captain the ticket, 93.7. That's right. It ain't me against the world. It's me with the world with my boy T Badge, the captain of Ticket 93.7. Is it room 4334 or is it 3443, Rico? What room you want to walk into? But before we walk into that room, Rico, Badge, why was Nebraska a good fit for you? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You go to college. 
it, it, it was just it, everything fell into place. It was perfectly academic. They told me the truth. I was this basketball player for Nebraska that, that played street ball. No one taught me the fundamentals. So that was the year. That's why I redshirted. It was to get comfortable with the academic piece and to learn fundamentals. You know, triple threat, reverse pivot, forward pivot. And I did all these things, but I didn't know the terminology. Mm. <laughs> you know, I didn't know it. I was just good enough to play in Omaha. And you knew you were just good enough to play in Omaha, man. It was some. So hey, 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 Bass, think I about was just this, though. Athletic. I, was I know. Athletic enough. I know, but, Bass, but think about yeah. this, though. If all of the ballers that came out of Omaha would have made it out of Omaha, these colleges would have been filled with Omaha kids playing basketball. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. If we had the opportunities that these kids have now, oh my goodness, Nebraska would be on the map for <laughs> for players. Absolutely. Yeah. How oh, how yeah. important how important well let me ask you this first. This is another question that came in from the Soderham and Text line four six four five six eight five if you want to get in. Is uh um it, it doesn't it's, it's anonymous two two nine seven says my recollection is that Terrence had to deal with asthma. If that's true, how did you manage it, and how mm -hmm. did you still be able to play at a high level? Yep, I did. I had to exercise asthma. Um, I didn't believe in the the um, the inhalers. I just got used to it. But what I did learn is the better shape you was, the asthma wasn't as much of a problem. Mm. So as much as you think that you know, okay, well he's in shape, he's shape. No, there's another level of shape, and you you and you know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Is that you can go to you can go to the fifth quarter instead of fourth quarter. You know, and you know nowadays now you see every well all professional athletes, even NBA poor more so now. They're very fit. They're very very fit. They they work on taking taking care of themselves, and that was one of the things right there was I learned to. Just stay slim, you know. Stay as stay as fit as possible. Stay in that gym. Stay in, and do what you needed to do. So, the asthma you just got used to. Um, most of it was just having a calm down period or what have you, and just keep playing. But your motivation and your determination will surpass that. It really will. You know what I'm saying? So, um, great question. Great question. When you when you look at the state of Nebraska basketball now, you know they finished great, but I always look back on the Chucky Hiprams, the uh, Hunter Salases, the all these guys, these these super guys that's going to number one, you know, Gonzaga, making them better, Wisconsin, making them better. They're going to these schools and they're making them better. Why haven't we got a chance to solidify those type players here in Nebraska? You know, it's a a great question. I think the the history of winning hasn't been there. Um, history uh, now. I, I I love Hoiberg. I think he's a great coach, and I love the way they ended the season. It might not have been what we all wanted, but the feeling coming back is is way positive. You know what I'm saying? Um, they ended on a um, a lot more effort, um, a lot more finishing. You know, even though they didn't finish the last game, but I mean, it was it was great. From it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and I truly believe that. But I think that we just we have to really go off, go after, or be intentional. You know, what I'm saying I think that it can happen. I I know right now 
there's a quite a bit of juniors, sophomores, and freshmen in the Metro that should kids should be going to Nebraska. And I know Craig gets them, but Nebraska should be getting them. Nebraska should be getting these kids. Mm-hmm. And you're only going to make people follow you more when you get a OPS kid or a Lincoln kid, more so even OPS kid, because, you know, the following is just huge. You know what I'm saying? We support our kids, period. You know what I'm saying? We're, we, you know, and that's what we do. That was one of the deciding factors, too, because I wanted my family to be able to come see me. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, my family, not just my immediate, my South High family. You know, my Mars family, my Belvedere family, you know, my, you know, people that I have, people that raised me, my boys club family, people that had a, a, a important part of raising me when my father didn't, wasn't around, they became my father, they became the the accountability for me to help me get to the next level. When you, yes, I wanted those people to, you know, experience what I experienced. Right. When you talk about the boys club, because I don't want to, I don't want to miss that. That in itself, talk a little bit about your experience at the boys' club growing up in Omaha. You know, I was people. Now, this is boys' club. This is not boys and girls' club. Exactly, this is boys' club. Mm-hmm. So, the importance of young men being around older men and growing is just it, it was you know it was awesome. The skills I learned the. Um, how to deal with things, how to, you know, overcome certain situations, you know, um, just people holding you accountable, just people pushing you, um, work ethic and um, how to not give up, um, how to face, you know, certain things that happen and come back the next day, you know, and not run from, you know, certain certain situations, you know what I mean? But it was just education. It was just great older men just teaching you, just how to be a young man and um, giving back to your community and trying anything. I think I played, <laughs> I played every table table tennis game. I played softball. I played, I played football. I played baseball. Baseball was my first love. I played baseball. All this because of the boys' club. I learned how to swim. Um, all these things, you know, what I'm saying uh, work ethic. We cleaned the boys' club at night for. For Twix and Mars bars, mm. you know, <laughs> you just cooking. You you had remember you you can go yeah. work in the lunchroom. Yeah, lunchroom and the reason swimming why pool. Too, we learn how to swim. Was, yeah, well, another reason was because of three meals a day, mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, and, and my mom didn't have to worry about it. She knew I ate, you know. So when I got home at night, she's like, "I'm cool," because she knew I ate dinner. You know what I'm saying? So that was another important piece, but. Um, it just challenged you. You know, you couldn't be, you couldn't stay in your zone. If you couldn't stay, you know, standing, you could, you couldn't go to the boys' club without wanting something, without wanting to get better. They wouldn't let you stay stagnant and stay in the same spot. They pushed you to do things. You had a library in the boys' club. Mm. You had academic help. You know, what I'm saying you had, you know, people to help you with the ACT, SAT. You had people that take you out of town or experience other boys club fishing all those things bowling just, alley we went camping. yeah bowling out yes they had archery the, they had the sex club it taught you yep. <laughs> to teach you yep. about yep. that type craziness yes they did and then and that was huge back then too it was it, it still is huge to the day it's always gonna be huge but to learn it 
back then, you know, saying it was it was crucial. It was crucial. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, I wish the boys club was still here because I really think a lot of men, I think we wouldn't have the problems we have now in our community with these young men because there would be someone to let them know that they're loved, someone to let them know that, you know, you're a part of something to make a better choice. Mm. You know, most of these kids right now, I feel like they're looking for someone to care about them because they don't even care about themselves. Mm. You know, and, and looking for someone to mentor them and guide them. That's what I think maybe not happening, but it is not no one else's fault. It's just our, us as a community as men to take part in what the men did for us. It was it's our turn to take part in that and try to guide that and shift that to where we keep our young kids alive. You know, <clears throat> so we got work to do, but Boys Club was crucial, and that's why I always pay homage to Boys Club. Right. Do you know? Do you know the guy, the current guys at Nebraska now? Do you know any of those guys? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, we gotta figure that out. I mean, you had um, what was the guy, the kid's name that was in here, uh, play point guard, I, big big heart. He had a big heart, Rico. He's always in here. I, He's doing the radio in here. Uh, Kobe. Kobe. Kobe Webster. Webster. I mean, yeah, I bet I bet quite a few working at the radio station. I have. But to consider them like someone I talk to on a regular basis, no. Someone I wish I should, yes. And that's up to me. I have to be part of that too, you know, because they need those. You know what I'm saying? They need to know that, you know, you have a home outside of campus. You know, you have a home as a, uh, an ex-player. Because, you know, that's what Bo Reedner was to me. You know, that's what those guys was. You know, the Carl Hayes, the Tony Farmers, all those ex-Nebraska um, Cornhuskers that was before us, the priest owners, the Derek Chandlers, they, that's what they did. That's what they are still to this day. Mm. That's why it was able for me. For me, it was so easy for me to make, pick up a phone because I talked to them and still have relationships with them to this day. That's how much they was a crucial part. That was another reason why that made Nebraska home. I, I didn't think about leaving Nebraska when I got to Nebraska. Not at all. Not at all. Not even close. Good. Huh? I said, not even close. Did you think about leaving? No, no, not even close. I mean, no. I mean, team player. That's you know, we we came from that team player mentality, and yeah. I think that's what's missing today. Is all these kids now are about me, 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 me. Look at me, look at me. What am I gonna do? And instead of what can we do as a team, like you said, T. Lou, saying to you guys, let's do this as a young guy. Yeah. Right, you know, poor a young guy. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it too is like. And that's the thing about we have to get instilling these kids. Just because it's hard don't mean you can run and go somewhere else. No. Stay there and fix it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you running someone else, the only thing to do is, you know, you're creating the same problem somewhere else. No, stand there. Trust. Work hard. Have faith that it's going to get better. And, and just stick it out. Instead of having this portal where you can transfer from here to here to here to here. Now, let's talk a little bit about Allen. In a month, in a year, his conference left Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, but he been to how many schools? Five, four, a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he did. Now he Too got many. a year. Great, huh? Too many. Yeah, but people like, oh, he shouldn't. You know, I heard someone say Nebraska shouldn't let him go. No, I think it was still a great move by Fred. Fred was looking at his team. There was something that we don't know that, you know, happened and that had to happen. Yes, 
I'm happy for the young man, don't get me wrong. But I still respect Fred for making that decision. I think he was putting the team first. And this person was more so of an individual. He was just, you know, at that time it didn't work here yeah. in Nebraska. Where yeah. it worked somewhere else. But I'm happy for the young man. Right. But hey, like but, I said too, you know, stand still and fight for what you want, you know. You know, face it head on. And I promise you, the lessons you learn from it are are, are life lessons that you could be able to share with someone else. I tell you what, man, we're going to take it to break real quick, Badge, come back with you. We're going to go either. Now, hit us up on the side of Hammer text line, 402-464-5685. And we're going to play a game called Questions. So you can either go to 4334. You can hit us up and tell us what room, whichever one we have more of, that what room we'll go to. Now, if we go to 4334, Badge gets to ask me a question. If we go to room 3443, I ask him, believe me, it's going to get deep. The captain, the ticket, 93.7. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. These are the things I can do. Come on. It's the captain on the ticket, 93.7. Talking with Terrence Badgett, Husker legend. Um, High school, all-American, high school legend. Definitely just all-American, good guy, T-Badge. What are you doing these days, T-Badge? And then we'll get to our questions. What are you doing today? Man, I am working with behavioral youth in our community. Uh, We have a couple group homes that we have some wonderful staff just working with these kids to uh, get them ready to um, age out and have their own lives, um, letting them know. it's not how you start; it's how you finish. Just because some you have some um, things happen at an early age, you know, you still have an opportunity to change them and get get them out in the community to help them grow up and um, have some consistency, accountability. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. I work with Omni Behavioral Health, and um, always looking for kids behavioral within the system, probation. Um, now, is, is that something that that the that the people out there, if they if they keep having trouble with their kids or whatever the case may be, do they have to go through the state? Can they contact you? How would they get their kids or someone that they know needs that type of help? How would they get to you? Well, pretty much if they haven't, it depends on what what type of um, situation they're in. But if they're already in the system, um, as far as probation and things, they can contact Omni. Um, as far as them needing assistance, as far as um, just within the home, I'm, a, I'm all home for boys. Uh, Jeff Whistler is a wonderful contact. Uh, I'm all home for boys. And there's a mentoring piece, too, as well. Um, um, Urban League of Omaha is also another resource, too, as well. So there's opportunities out there. Boys and Girls Club, you know, another one. Um, so... If you need assistance in those areas, if a kid is court placed or things like that and in a bad situation or in a, a group home or um, needs some assistance without the home or state ward, then, yeah, contact Omni, and that's what we work with. And we're, our opportunity is just getting kids in, back in the – be able to graduate back at home, to reunify home positively, and giving them some skills to be successful. 
Nice. How long you been doing that now, Bash? About twenty years. Wow. <laughs> about yeah. About twenty years working with kids and families for about twenty five. So it's been a blessing. So so yeah. Bash, we're gonna go into room thirty four forty three. So I, I and this is when I you know, when we go into these rooms, that means we're gonna get cause we it's just me and you in the room right now. So when you go into room thirty four forty three, if I had one question to ask Terrence Badgett that either I want the answer to, I've never asked you that, it would be during the Danny Knee era, Danny got fired. What would that be for? And do you think it was right? He got fired pretty much from being um, male represented by by the kids before us, or by, by us. As far as us, you know, my year, we walked out, my senior year, on some old, you know, smelling ourselves like we was all that. I remember that walkout. I, Talk about that. Yeah. What, what was the walkout yeah. for? Because <laughs> we lost and he wouldn't change the lineup. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Some stuff. Um, regretted it, but I've told him many a times that I apologize. I should have been more mature. Um, and we should have handled it a lot better. Realizing that, you know, we didn't have a voice like that. We, we, we couldn't make no decisions. And we shouldn't have been doing that. I was raised better than that. But at the end of the day, you know, you make those decisions to learn from them. So, but how awesome he was, this was before the season, before the season was over. He still came, welcomed us back, said, hey, let's go. And nothing personal. Nothing. He had nothing personal. Now, was he that said, a whole team effort? Like everybody? No. No, that it was, was just more a so select few. Oh. And a couple of people. Yeah, it wasn't the whole team. No, I wouldn't know. Okay. Oh, you know, so, you know, you learn from those things. And then, um, um, you know, and then I think that him and the, uh, uh, what is, uh, Trev, whoever was Trev back then, didn't get along. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Who would it so have been? They, Bill Byrne? Yes, well, Bill Burns didn't get along, okay. and and you know, but Danny Nee would have been a lifer. Danny Nee, he had a he was a winning coach. Probably he, should have been. He, a I don't lifer. even think he had a losing season, and he should have been here, like you know, Mike Sosowski, you know, what I'm saying all those Roy Williams out there. He should have been here and be able to retire. He he was a great recruiter. He had great staff and everything. Badge, we're gonna take a break at the top of the hour, but I wanna I wanna I wanna I hope you got more time. I wanna touch base on Danny Nee. Because Danny Nee recruited probably arguably some of the best college recruits in the country. Oh yeah. And so oh, yeah. yeah, I just wanna touch mm-hmm. on that when we get back. I'm with Terrence Badgett, the captain, the ticket, ninety three point seven. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.